morning, and welcome to episode 763 of Effectively Wild, the daily podcast from Baseball Prospectus, brought to you by the Play Index, baseballreference.com. I'm Sam Miller, along with Ben Lindbergh of ESPN. Hi, Ben. Hello. How are you? All right. Are you a divisive or a divisive? Divisive. Divisive. Which which are you? I enjoy saying divisive more. Uh Like, I think it's more pleasing to say. Uh, but I think that probably if I had to choose the uh, the prescriptive uh, correct answer, I would say it's divisive. Yeah. But it, uh, it's not obvious that it would be divisive. Nope. They're both options. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's see. Uh, quick thing. There might be a breakthrough. I'm not sure on the Mike Trout punctuation front. Somebody noted on the Facebook page that uh, the recent, a uh, couple of recent no space sentences have been one exclamation point and the trout almost always uses multiple exclamation points and it would make a lot of sense that any sort of phone typing system would not recognize five exclamation points as punctuation but rather as a word um, and therefore would have a space that it would only automatically seal up that spot if it saw this as the end of a sentence and so that would probably may be true for almost all phones and therefore it wouldn't be some like weird explanation that involves trout and his mom both having like the only phone in america that doesn't immediately close the end of a sentence Mm -hmm. uh, because it doesn't have any reason to think this is the end of a sentence although maybe in this day and age it should Um, so i haven't gone fully into this but it would make sense it would explain uh, the proper punctuation that he shows in other mediums although there are other explanations for those as well and probably I should have said media instead of mediums. And uh, so that is something I'll probably look into. But uh, right now, I think that is my working. Can my we working test that? Can we text each other right now? See what happens? Uh, if you want. Hang on. Uh, let's see here. This is this is not going to be. I don't think that Sam texting Ben is going to be in the effectively wild <laughs> bracket. No. Uh, all right. Test. Mine. You have an old phone, and I have a newer phone, so we'll be testing multiple generations of phone. Huh. Well, so let's see. Testing mine. Mine does not automatically make any spaces ever. (laughs) (laughs) I have a a pre-space phone. My phone... (laughs) My phone was invented before we even separate. My phone was invented like in the old English, where like it was all done hand by hand by monks mm-hmm. on scrolls. Yeah. And uh, for space, they just ran all the words together. Mm-hmm. So I'm not a good test. Do you want to test? So if I type a word and then one exclamation point? Yeah. So if you start typing the word like exclamation, mm-hmm. it doesn't... And, and like three letters in, does it recommend exclamation? And then you just tap that and the word appears yes and do, when you tap that is there an automatically a space after it no but so when i hit, when i hit start space. i don't have to hit space but i just start typing another word yeah. and it'll add right. a space so okay so type exclamation but mm-hmm. midway through choose exclamation okay and then put an exclamation point all right just one okay all right is there a space no okay now do the exact same thing but this time do five exclamation points. Okay. Still no space. And now do the same thing, but instead of any exclamation point, do exclamation and then just write the word point. Okay. Well, if I write the word point, then there's a space between huh. exclamation and point. 
So interesting. So yours, okay. So yeah, that's how it should be. And yours is smart enough to realize that your five exclamation points are the end of a sentence. Yes. Okay. All right. Good to know. Well, uh, so Trout might still have an anomalous phone, but that might still be a reasonable explanation. I have a question. Do you think that Mike Trout uh, owns a computer? Not, not yeah. proving a point here. I'm just curious. <laughs> the way that people live these days. Mike Trout is uh, is super rich and so on. He's also young and grew up in a, a phone computer economy. And uh, so do you think he owns a computer? I do. A laptop? Yes. Yes. Okay. Do you think he uh, carries it around with him? I would say yes. All right. Uh, all right. <laughs> and lastly, uh, I'm curious. I because uh, I was. This is what got me wondering about it. Uh, I my guess is that he doesn't use a laptop that much. That mm-hmm. that he doesn't have to like, for instance, write a lot of blog posts. Nope. And so he can he probably did have to write it. for the Players Tribune, though. Yes, he did. That's true. Uh, uh, <laughs> or that's true. Quote unquote. Right. So uh, he could probably get by with the phone, but also he has uh, many millions of dollars, and why not? Mm-hmm. Why not have a computer too? And so I wondered. I ne- I didn't get an answer from you. If you had, uh, if you signed the big Mike contract, Mike Trout contract, I already said my my um, my change in lifestyle would be the socks. But what <laughs> what would you do? What would your change in lifestyle be? Do you think? What would the first thing that you would change about your life be if you had that money? I don't know. I. I also think I wouldn't do anything that dramatic, at least right away. Maybe mm-hmm. I'd I'd buy the market diner. I was well. That was the it. first thing I thought. <laughs> I wondered whether you would just open a diner, and then I started wondering: Would you rather have the market diner, or would you rather have a personal chef? Mm. If I had a place for the personal chef to live and be on call at all yeah. at all hours, yeah, that'd probably be better. I do enjoy the community aspect of the diner, but probably I'd go for the personal chef. Yeah, one thing about Ben is that I make a lot of fun about his his eating habits and uh, his seeming tolerance for non-food food. But uh, I also did get to observe that he does have a uh, a, a refined palate and an appreciation for good food. Uh, it's It seems to me that you, you're just sort of like Einstein not caring about whether his socks matter. You're just... To some degree, you just don't want to invest a lot of time in your food. Yeah. And you would love it if you had good food all the time, and that's why the Market Diner was good for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you don't have that option, then you're happy to open a can of beans. Yeah. Uh, but you prefer the good food. <laughs> sure, so personal yeah. Chef, yeah. Personal I have, chef seems I have like, taste buds. I don't yeah. think the price of food always correlates to the quality or the taste of it, but... But yes, you're right. I'm not willing to put the investment of time in to prepare or to go somewhere to get a fancy meal. All right. Uh, shall we move on to the topic? Sure. Well, one quick thing. This is the season when we start getting non-revelatory slash revelatory rumors, and we probably won't chronicle them with the depth that we did last off season. although you're welcome to keep sending them to us and pointing them out, and maybe we'll mention particularly good ones. But Brian Cashman was sort of the subject of one and the source of one where writers asked him, I guess, if he's willing to talk about anyone, specifically Andrew Miller. And Cashman said, we're open to all ideas, as always, when asked about Miller. It doesn't mean I'd do anything, but if the Dutch never asked the Indians for Manhattan, you'd be living in New Jersey. 
So that's his response to non-revelatory rumor mongering. Hmm, okay. Open all ideas. By the way, did you see... Just asking questions, Ben. Yeah. Did you see Brian Cashman's look at the GM meetings? I did. It's pretty good. I like it. <laughs> I like it a lot. He's like wearing a ratty Georgetown t-shirt with a, like a messenger bag slung across his back and a Groucho mustache and round spectacles. He looks... <laughs> I don't know what he looks like, but he doesn't look like a GM at the GM meetings. I I love Brian Cashman. Like, <laughs> pro- maybe probably my favorite GM now mm-hmm. uh, as a as a as a as a as a just as a guy. Yeah, he just he's you know he's been with the Yankees for almost three decades. He's had this job for almost two decades. He's survived Steinbrenners. He's outlived Steinbrenners. He is very comfortable. In this job, it still seems to be pretty good at the job, but he just has kind of relaxed into the stage that everyone relaxes into when they've held a job for a long time and they feel good about their job security and it's all routine. And he's just not gonna BS anyone. He's just gonna say what comes to his mind and he's gonna wear what he wants. He went to Georgetown Prep, so that might actually be his high school shirt. Huh. All right. He went to. Catholic University Catholic, of America. That's right. Yeah. I've, ne- I've never even heard of Catholic University of America. It's in D.C. Oh, okay. All right. Well, we're going to be talking about Brian Cashman and his ilk, if you don't mind. I don't. All right. I'm going to send you something. I hope you haven't read it yet. And if you have, don't start scrolling yet. Okay. Uh, in fact, I'm going to wait. I'll hold off. Have you read the Jerry Krasnicks today? No. Okay. So this is my favorite, uh, one of my favorite articles every year. Oh, when, the survey. The survey. Krasnick surveys. Uh, a bunch of GMs about some hot issues of the day, and uh, I've always liked it. It's always a fun article. It's a great article, a great survey. One of the best, it may be the best poll the industry survey going. Uh, way better than, like, for instance, when they poll players and, like, they all say they hate A-Rod and Bryce Harper, and you're like, okay. <laughs> and way better, also way better than the gold gloves, uh, the gold <laughs> glove voting. Uh, and I always have loved it, but I especially love it, especially love it, because three years ago, I went back at like 10 years of these and I realized that GMs do no better than random chance at predicting anything, mm-hmm. that they are essentially just as dumb as we are, mm-hmm. uh, or that baseball is just that confounding, but, uh, but you know, kind of dumb. So these fall under, generally they fall under two categories. One is the, how good will this player be? And they are horrible at saying that. And the other is, where will this player sign? And they are horrible at that. Or what transaction will happen? And are they horrible at that? And, of course, these questions are specifically designed to be somewhat difficult to answer, to be divisive. That's why I asked Ben. Uh-huh. To be divisive, to uh, to get controversial controversy, I guess, uh, among the responses. But, in fact, a lot of times the responses are way lopsided. And uh, so they, you know, they... They should have some lean, and yet they don't do any better than than flipping coins. And especially shocking to me is that they don't do any better than flipping coins at predicting industry movement, at predicting whether a guy will get traded. Like a lot of times the question will be like, is Cole Hamels going to get traded? And they're like, 100%, and then he doesn't. And it's like, dude, you're you're the guy who's going to do it. Don't you? Like you you don't even know if you're going to do it. (laughs) I mean, you're not necessarily 
Ruben Amaro, but you're the guy Ruben Amaro's talking to and the guy trying to decide whether you're going to get Cole Hamels, and you just can't do it. It's like asking them, what are you going to have for dinner tonight, steak or chicken? And they're like 27 to 4 chicken, and they all get steak. It's so <laughs> fun. Anyway, I want to quickly review last year's because I uh, I do like to keep track to see whether they're getting smarter. Yeah. Uh, the and great then I thing go- about the surveys is that there's a history to it. So there's this long library of correct and incorrect responses that you can use to do these sort of studies. Exactly. So I want to quickly review last year's. And then I want to go over this year's. So don't look if you haven't looked. Don't look at this year's because okay. I'm going to ask you to. I'm going to ask you to predict the predictions. Okay. All right. So uh, uh, last year, which marquee free agent starter will provide better value over the course of his next contract? Obviously, some of these are hard to answer after one year. Fortunately, we have them going back to like 2003, so a lot of them you could answer. But a lot of them are also kind of obvious after one year. John Lester or Max Scherzer? The response was overwhelmingly John Lester. Uh, and I would say that at this point, that looks bad. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it's still a long ways to go. It's not hugely lopsided, but clearly Max Scherzer and his contract are the are seen as the better value now than Lester's is, correct? I think so. All right. Uh, which veteran outfielder are the Mets, are the Dodgers going most likely to trade this winter? Kemp, Ethier, Crawford, or Puig? Or will they not trade any of them? Uh, only three out of 30 said don't trade any of them. They traded Kemp. All right, so seven of 30 got Kemp right, and uh, that's okay. That seems like that's a – well, that's a coin flip. They had they basically had f- five choices, and slightly less than one-fourth got it right, so a little bit better. Not mm-hmm. bad, guys. All right, are the Marlins more likely to trade Stanton this winter or sign him to a long-term deal, or will the situation remain unresolved? Three choices. We need ten to say sign him for this to count as a coin flip. Only five said they would sign him. Twenty said the situation would remain unresolved. Uh, so that's a miss. Uh, Victor Martinez and Nelly Cruz both had big years. Which mid-30s hitter is more likely to ma- maintain that success mm. during his next contract? Very clear answer to this one already. Three and a half to one, said Martinez. 21 oh, wow. to Martinez, <laughs> six to Nelly Cruz. Oof. Disasterful. <laughs> Who is more likely to get traded this offseason? Now, see, this one is phrased in a way that saves them because neither is not allowed as mm-hmm. an option. The answer was neither. They were split. Uh, I will say only the only truly wrong answer are the three out of 27 who said both. Which players? Oh, sorry, Cole Hamels and Starling Castro. Uh huh. Okay. So, uh, so. Having to choose, I cannot blame the 13 who said Hamels or the 11 who said Castro. However, the three who said both went above and beyond. They were very, very wrong. Yeah. Uh, what's the over-under on A-Rod's home run total? Ooh, good one. Com- combined average of survey respondents was 16. The highest anybody went was 25. Wow. So he beat he them hit, all. He hit, what, 33? Yeah, 31? I don't know, but more than 25. Will the Giants re-sign Pablo Sandoval? Mm. Yes, 25, no, 3. <laughs> wow. Goodness gracious. Will the Pirates re-sign Russell Martin? All right, here we go. Yes, 3, no, 25. So okay. those two, they had two chances, perfect coin flip accuracy uh-huh. between the two. All right. Potential landing sites of the 25 who said no, one got the Blue Jays. Hmm. 
15, 15 Cubs, five Dodgers. That's it. Okay. So, so not getting smarter. <laughs> no, it doesn't seem like it. All right. So we're going to look at this year's. And so we're going to, I'm going to ask you and I'll answer. I haven't seen the responses yet. I'm going to ask you what the response will be. Okay. So not necessarily can, what my response would be. Right. And maybe we'll then say what our response would be. Yeah, okay. I think we will say, but all, all right. right. We're kind of trying to figure out, with, based on the operating assumption that these guys don't actually have any extra information, uh, what they are going to overwhelmingly say anyway. Mm-hmm. All right. Which staff ace would you be more comfortable giving a nine-figure deal, David Price or Zach Granke? I'll say Granke is the more popular answer. Interesting. Price seems to be on top of, or just behind Hayward on top of, uh, all the free agent prediction threads or yeah. free, free agent ranking threads. So the blogging community is, is right. pro price. It's very close. I'm sort of thinking of him as the Lester to Price's Scherzer. And uh-huh. Last year they all went for Lester in that he was maybe he seemed like he would age better because he has more pitches and he's smart and he you know maybe maybe you could project him to to do better if he loses some stuff that sort of idea. I would say that uh, six weeks ago, it would have been Price, but there's this weird shift where for for years, David Price has been the makeup guy, you know, like he's he's a mentor and he's steady Eddie, and Granky was the one who the industry always, you know, under their breath or uh, privately talks about, you know, how he's got you know, some issues, right? Mm -hmm. And yet, in a way, in the last year, and particularly in the last month, I predict that that has flipped and that it will be Granky, primarily because Granky has emerged as the more reliable one in whatever situation you're thinking of, like Uh in postseason or whatever. So I will also say Granky. All right. The answer is Granky. Okay. 19 to 14. All right. Well, not overwhelming. And uh, are you Price or Granky in your own life? What the answer is? Who will be a better value, or what? Or what's the now? Who would you be more comfortable giving a nine-figure deal? Which, by the way, either nine figures—that's only a hundred million dollars. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, pretty, pretty comfortable with either like, of those. Yeah. Is this for like a two-year deal? I mean, nine <laughs> figures is pretty safe either yeah. way. It should be like, who are you more comfortable giving a nine-figure deal to? Ian Desmond or? like Dexter Fowler or right. something like that because yeah. that would be difficult. Uh, but basically, who do you – say the say the dollars are the same, who would you sign? I mean, I, the, the reasons to say Granky are persuasive to me, but Price is two years younger, so maybe I'd go for Price if it were the same deal. Yeah, I like Price more as a pitcher, and I like Price more at his age, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'd go Price. Okay. All right. Which former Uber prospect slash outfielder will be the better performer over the life of his next contract, Upton or Hayward? Hmm. And again, it's not your answer. Better performer. Mm-hmm. There are different ways you could interpret that, I guess. But, I mean, that, that probably just means better player, right? Or does it mean better value? I guess it's open to interpretation. But I'll say that they'll go for Hayward. Yeah, it seems to me that the answer is the the answer appears to so clearly be Hayward to me that I don't see how they could talk themselves into Upton. Yeah, even if it were value as opposed to performance, which it's not. Yeah, 
<laughs> so yeah. I mean, certainly, certainly, probably. Well, 15 years ago, you might expect it to be Upton because the flashier flash stats. Although even the, I mean, it's not like Upton is putting up like Ryan Howard lines or anything like no. that. He's he's a, you know he's a good fairly generic star corner outfielder mm-hmm. at this point. Hayward, I assume, is younger. Yeah. Uh, but not by much. Yeah, if you argued that defense has a steeper decline curve, maybe, but mm-hmm. it's not like Hayward's there yet, and it gives him more. Uh, I mean, it's a lot more likely that it seems a lot more likely with you know body type and skill sets that Upton will be a defensive liability by the end of the contract than Hayward will. So I will say Hayward, and I'll say that it'll be lopsided. Okay. It's uh, it is Hayward. It's very close though. Twenty really? to Hayward. Twenty Hayward. Fourteen Upton. Wow. Maybe they have. Maybe they have. Maybe they're on to me, and they have coordinated to essentially be coin flips like before it even starts. Like they're just like we're gonna split, we're gonna split on everything, and then you can't make fun of us. Huh? That's yeah, that's pretty perplexing. I mean, Upton is twenty eight, Hayward is still twenty six. He must be close to twenty seven, but twenty six, and they were like uh, I think roughly equal as far as their offense, even just this year. Upton OPS plus of 121, Hayward 116, and I'm guessing if you looked at weighted runs creative or true average or whatever, it would be even closer because Hayward's maybe more of an OBP guy. So yeah, and I mean, Hayward doesn't turn 27 until August, so he's not even close. So I don't know what uh, basis you would pick Upton over Hayward on. If up, I'm going to give you some quotes. Uh, if Upton were to get into a Toronto-type lineup, he would prosper, one scout said. Shouldn't seem great. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, it really depends on what you're trying to put on the field, is how one person described it. Player. Upton has more sex appeal with the power consistency. See, uh, the consistency with the power gives him more offensive value going forward. Uh, one scout, I really have a pet peeve with Hayward. So much of his defense, of his value is tied up in defense, and that makes me nervous. The speed and defense will begin to erode in the 30s, and then you're left with a tweener bat, which it, which is true. Yeah, that's it's true. Also, it's also five years away. He's still way away from 30. They had identical 294 true averages this year. Interesting. That's interesting, too. Yeah. So Hayward is younger, just as productive a hitter, and a far better defender. Oh. Hmm. Huh. I don't know. People love Upton, though. Yeah. Well, not the Diamondbacks. Okay. All right. Which free agent power hitter would you rather invest in for the long haul, Chris Davis or Jonas Cespedes? I would guess that people would say Cespedes. Uh-huh. I... Kind of I, for the... I don't know. He's He's less one-dimensional. He's toolsier. He mm-hmm. doesn't have a... Fairly recent, still, yeah, still fairly recent history of failing massively in mm-hmm. front of everybody. Uh, he's got. They both had great years. Mm-hmm. Cespedes had a great second half, though, yep. and uh, probably carries a little bit of extra narrative power in people's minds. Although bad postseason, maybe that hurts. Yeah. I also will say Cespedes will be their pick, and you know, just the there's. I think Cespedes even being able to hang in center field, like a lot of times. The question is, like, is sort of rephrase in your mind: Who would you start a franchise with, or who would you want on your team? And it's just easier to build around a, 
a guy who can even plausibly hang in center field in a first base DH-ish type. So I will say Cespedes mm-hmm. in a landslide. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Jerry did his job well this year. <laughs> Cespedes 17, Davis 15. Whew. Wow. That's interesting. I mean, yeah, Cespedes looked bad in the postseason. I mean, he he did play center and just the ability to convince a manager to stick you in center in a postseason game says something about you. Of course, he also didn't look good there and kind of maybe didn't look like he was giving full effort at times. And on the other hand, he ran really fast <laughs> when he was yeah. on the bases. Like the stat cast stats on him were like he had the fastest top speed on a steal of third all year or something like that. It was like 23 and a half miles per hour or something. So he clearly moves better than someone his size seems like he would move, but I could see how you might think he would get thicker and slow all of a sudden. But what are the quotes? I mean, if, you, way, just, if you just want pure power, yeah. then Davis is your guy. Well, I I will say, just, just to be for the record, I would choose Davis. Uh-huh. So I don't think that this is I, I I'm surprised by the prediction because of the I people like uh, broad skill sets mm-hmm. and athleticism and they don't like the strikeouts so I'm sort of surprised is all but I'd rather have Davis let's see some of the quotes uh, this is a tough one <laughs> a, good thank you yes thank you that's why I called you with this question yep. uh, Jerry replied Davis has a better overall track record and special on base ability that is a major suspicious weakness. And Cespedes is more athletic and gives the club outstanding defense on the outfield corner. Short-term Davis, long-term Cespedes. Mm-hmm. All right. And also, here's, a, here's the answer that uh, probably is not the right way to make this decision. In my view, he's developed a pretty big chip on his shoulder from being traded so many times in recent years. Mm. I think that will drive him for a while. Huh. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, is it also relevant that so many teams have traded him, though? <laughs> yeah, but every time he gets traded, he gets stronger. The chip gets bigger. <laughs> yeah. At a certain point, you just don't want to have to carry that chip around, though, like yeah, you do the team. It's true. you got to pay for that air weight. Mm-hmm. All right. Which playoff hero is more likely to maintain his October success during his next contract Colby Rasmus or Daniel Murphy. And for a bonus question, Ben, I will ask you to predict how many jerk GMs refuse to answer. <laughs> like totally missing the point of the exercise. <laughs> so this, like, this is or not... Say, or just say neither. Like instead of answering, neither. not answering, they'll say neither. How many uh-huh. neithers will there be? Out of I think there's 34 like, or something? It, it varies slightly. The numbers vary slightly, but yeah, about 34 GMs uh-huh. and, and scouts and et cetera. Okay, so seven didn't answer. Seven didn't answer, and then what's your what's your pick? My pick is Murphy doesn't sustain it. Okay, uh, so, so Rasmus Rasmus does. more likely to. I will say that yeah, I think you're right. I think Rasmus maintains it. Uh, will will get the vote for maintains it, and I will say three saying neither. Okay, three had no preference. Huh. Not quite the same as saying neither. So I would say we both overshot that one. Okay. Uh, and the answer, it was, oh my gosh, Ben. Yeah. This is our most lopsided answer yet. 22 said Murphy and 9 said Rasmus. Wow. I'm surprised. So am I. 
Interesting. In summation, no one expects either, of course. Let's see. One scout described Rasmus as indifferent, which feels to me like old intel. Yeah, I guess maybe we should have predicted that baseball people just wouldn't like Rasmus. Yeah, yeah. But uh, he has been traded a lot, though. Yeah, that's true. Big chip. (laughs) Big chip. Another described him uh, as a flake. I feel like both of those, though, like there's been a a rehabbing of his image in the last year. Mm -hmm. I I just feel like both of those are somewhat outdated. But uh, I think Rasmus sees himself as a power guy, as a mistake lift pull guy. In this game, in this era, that has value. Hmm. Scarcity uh, of power. Argument. Scarcity of power. Yeah, also outdated. <laughs> Roy, didn't you hear about the Royals guy? Uh, both will be productive and have value, but Murphy's a better hitter. If he goes to a smaller ballpark, he could end up with a lot of homers. Uh, if I was a team and I had a market for Murphy, I'd want him playing third. I don't like him at second. The ball finds him, and he gets exposed. All right. Ball finds him. Which of these free agents is more likely to bounce back, Desmond or Samarja? I'll say Desmond. Yeah, I agree. Am I? Are we just saying that because we think Desmond, though? I do think Desmond, but uh, yeah, I'm just gonna guess the position player gets the vote. Uh huh. Not just position either. Like the someone will say that he brings tremendous value just by being able to play shortstop. Mm-hmm. And uh, Samarja. Uh, uh, I mean, it, it was only a year ago that that guy was. Like, big deal. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like a clear number two in industry reception. Yeah. And so there is something. Like, he still throws hard, but uh, his fastball wasn't as effective. There will be a feeling that he's... There's always a feeling that pitchers, once pitchers lose it, um, it's not just a slump. Mm-hmm. It's, it's that happening. So, uh, eh, eh, they said Samarja. Hmm. 18 to 15. We are a lot of deadlocks this year. A lot of deadlocks. Yeah, we're also not very good at predicting predictions. Maybe that means we're good at actual predictions because they're not good at those. So uh, this scout said of Desmond, uh, from the time he couldn't come to an agreement, he was playing so hard for dollars. He overswung 90% of the year. Once he gets his money, he'll settle in and be a good player. Uh, Another scout said... Once he gets his money, he'll be trying so hard to justify that contract. Really? No, I, I'm the second <laughs> yeah. scout. I made up the second <laughs> scout. But another scout did think that. Yeah. And that's why he chose Samarja. <laughs> uh, Samarja has always been a huge underperformer considering the stuff he has. It drives me crazy. There's some ceiling with the stuff, but I don't have much confidence he gets significantly better. Uh, and no quotes explaining the Samarja pick. Just two quotes explaining the Desmond pick. Hmm. All right. If the Cubs trade a young infielder, who is more likely to be moved, Castro or Baez? Hmm. What would they say? I'll say Baez. I'll say Baez. I'll say Baez because Castro responded so well to Joe Madden mm-hmm. last last summer, uh, and because uh, maybe they like him at second base more than they like Baez. I don't know, but maybe someone will say that, and they'll say that because. Baez is so cheap, he'll have a lot more trade value, yeah. uh, and the Cubs are not worried about adding payroll. Yeah. All right. Castro, 20, Baez, 11. <laughs> uh-huh. Castro has four years and $38 million left on his contract. Uh, Baez not a lot. I mean, that's no, not like not. a big, unmovable contract. That's... Quote uh, for Baez, in uh, support of Baez, he would bring more of a haul 
and they have enough overall depth to gamble uh, that he doesn't turn into Gary Sheffield. Uh, and although you'd think that if you have depth, that's when you gamble that he does turn into Gary Sheffield. It's more that they, you'd think that would be a reason to hold on to him because they have enough overall depth to gamble that he doesn't turn into, you know, Brandon Wood or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Castro showed enough at two positions that his contract will seem like a fair deal. Actually, a huge bargain. I don't see the Cubs' leadership parting with Baez, giving, given his upside. I don't see teams, but I also see teams shying away from his boom or bust approach. One exec suggested the Cubs would consider shopping Kyle Schwarber, uh, even though the idea might not set well with Wrigley Field denizens, and even though the idea was not part of the premise of the question. So he just threw that in there. He was answer. so eager to say it. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Which pending free agent has the best chance of returning to the Royals in 2016? Gordon Cueto or Zobrist? And I will ask you not only to pick, but also to say how many of the 30-ish, 34-ish will say none? Huh. Even though the question specifically <laughs> said the best chance. Yeah. Um, I'll say it goes... Gordon, then Zobrist, then Cueto, and I'll say that two said none. Okay, I'll say Zobrist, then Cueto, then Gordon. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, that's my answer. That My okay. answer would be Zobrist, Cueto, and then Gordon. No, that's not what that's they're... That's not so, your answer. Okay. Uh, so I will predict Cueto is last in mm-hmm. theirs, and that... Uh, yeah, I think you're right. Gordon first. Just because you it's almost like in direct proportion to how many times you've seen them wear the uniform. Yeah. It feels more like inertia mm-hmm. than anything else. Yeah. So homegrown I will, player. Homegrown player, you know, franchise player really in a in Even a though if he was going to resign as Andy McCullough has pointed out, they Up probably would have talked to him at some yeah. point during the year or tried to extend him earlier. So and They do know him best though, you know they right? They know, you know, they have the relationship. Just thinking about, like, who are you most likely to be able to come to terms with? The guy that you've known for 15 years, like, you know what he's into, what he wants, how to appeal to him, and so on. Mm-hmm. And Gordon probably has a house and a favorite restaurant and a mm-hmm. market diner across the street. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so, all right, so I'm saying... Although, say, yeah, yeah, I mean... I, my answer also might be Zobrist. I mean, it seems like he really likes being on the Royals, and he grew up a Royals fan, and he had a great experience with the Royals, and he just named his daughter Blaze Royal. Yeah. And so, so yeah. I would I would pick Zobrist by 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 a mile. Yeah. On this, and I would have Gordon last. I would this, have but, Gordon ahead of Cueto, but. Yeah, they're both. They're but yeah, you're right. That that could be right. Anyway, right. Uh, what do they say? They say Gordon 25, Zobrist 7, Cueto 2. All right. Just as we so said. So we got that one right. But no, oh, one, right. no one said none. No one said none. So they really abided by the rules this year. They did, yeah. Jerry pushed them. That's the end, Ben. That's all of them. Okay. All right. Well, fun as always. It was, I, I love this. It's, I wish Jerry would just do this, like, forever. Yeah. Just, like, not, just like, only do, do this. I don't mean, like, look. Like do it again next year and the next year and the next year forever. But I mean, just never stop. Like yeah. someone, someone just sits there feeding food into his mouth while he's <laughs> on the phone doing this. Okay, I guess it'll be harder to make fun of people in the future because some of them were so close. Unless it turns out that the right answer seems so obvious in retrospect, and they were all divided. But 
Okay. I enjoyed this exercise. Great. All right. So we'll do an email show tomorrow, probably. So please send us some emails at podcast at baseballperspectus.com. Join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash effectively wild. And ben, yes. Tweet just over the transom. Transom? Yes. Royals more optimistic about keeping Zobrist. 27 Aha. seconds. 27 seconds ago. Take that. Executives. They heard us. <laughs> they heard us, and that was what made them optimistic. Uh, all right. Bunch of executives regretting their answer on the Krasnick survey already. And Someone's calling up Krasnick and going, can you change, <laughs> can mine? change my answer? <laughs> and rate, interview, and subscribe to the show on iTunes and support our sponsor, The Play Index by going to baseballreference.com using the coupon code BP and getting a discounted price of $30 on a one-year subscription. We will be back 